Way down the field to Watkins! Sammy Watkins for the touchdown! Good evening. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Fans Only Sports Network. I'm Adam Wright with CJ Medeiros, and we apologize that we weren't, again, able to get an episode off on uh, on Thursday like we wanted to. And I'm sorry that I wasn't able to let you guys know. Usually, I'll post on Instagram saying, hey, guys, we moved the episode to this date. But I didn't even have enough time for that. See, at my for my internship, I was calling a game. And I had to prepare all these notes uh, for this game that I call. It's a lot of work doing a broadcast. And I, w- I didn't even have enough time to even think about uh, the episode. But I was planning on moving it. We, w- we did have a guest, um, but something came up with, with him as well. Um, and we'll, we'll, try to ha- we'll try to get a guest on next week. But we still have a great episode planned for you guys. And we're going to touch on Rob Gronkowski's retirement. And But we're going to start by previewing the AFC West, which is a highly touted division. And I must say, this is something that I've been looking forward to previewing this, uh, this summer. And let's just jump into it. So the AFC West, I'll just give a brief summary of what happened. So I believe the Chargers struck first by trading for Khalil Mack. And they got him for basically pennies on the dollar just because of his age and uh, injuries as well just recently. And they also got J.C. Jackson in free agency, a, and who is, who's going to be a great corner to pair up with Asante Samuel Jr. And you can m- formulate your arguments on which, ones, which one will be the number one corner. Um, I'm not sure who I have, but uh, yeah, they also sure. draft – they also picked in the draft Zion Johnson, a guard, to work on that offensive line, which is already great. And then the Raiders. So they made the biggest, arguably the biggest, arguably the biggest move here by trading for Devontae Adams, a wide receiver, arguably the best in the game. And then you have Chandler Jones, who they signed, who's one of the better defensive ends in the game. And they also traded for Rakusin to get someone in that secondary. Then let's go to the Chiefs. So the Chiefs probably had the most negative thing happen to them, which is they were forced to trade Tyreek Hill. And so they did sign some pieces to work on that uh, that receiving core. Now that they lost, now they they lost Tyreek Hill. They got in. They brought in Juju Smith-Schuster. They brought in Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and they but they did use both picks on defense so they brought it it was george karloftis and trent mcduffie a corner and an edge rusher so they sh- they worked on that defense now let's move on to the broncos now another move arguably the biggest not only in this division but also in the this entire offseason which was that they acquired quarterback russell wilson which was huge for them they also signed Randy Gregory, a defensive end. But, CJ, I'll ask you, where do you think this whole defense how, – how does this whole crazy division stack up with each other? Well, I feel like for the most part it's on an even playing field because it used to be the Chiefs were far and away ahead of everyone. But in my own humble opinion, I would argue 
that the that the Broncos, the Raiders, and the Chargers took a step forward while the Chiefs took a step back. That offense is a lot less scary with Tyreek Hill. And Hill and Kelsey were a dangerous combination. But without Tyreek Hill, you know, someone who can keep the defense honest and can take the top off, now you now the defense is free to double team Travis Kelsey every play. And you're really banking that the career number three receiver, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, can burst forward. Maybe uh, Juju can return to his pre-injury form. Not really hopeful for that. And uh, there, there's another one there, uh, Speedy Guy. I don't know why. I am blanking on his name. He used to be wide receiver, too. He's also like a return guy. McCole Hardman? Yes, McCole Hardman, who could be. But I'm still adamant the Chiefs back in that draft reached on him. But look, I mean, I like McCole Hardman, but I don't think he's number one. It looks like they re- – I mean, maybe Juju, maybe I'm most hopeful for, but I don't know. But the other teams, my God, the Raiders, Carr and Adams back together. That defensive line is as ferocious as ever. But that defense – but they all have their weaknesses. For the Raiders, the defensive backfield. Oh, good Lord, that defensive backfield is awful. Well, except for Rocky Sin and maybe Jonathan Abram. Well, it, it all really depends, though, maybe if guys like Trayvon Mullen can step up. But Denver, I mean, Denver had a good defense. They had lots of good pieces on offense. But now you have the piece. That's Russell Wilson. Expect Broncos, anything short of making the playoffs, I will call this season a disappointment. And the Chargers, their weakness, basically, they really didn't address their biggest weakness, in my, which in my eyes was their run defense. They're doubling down on pass rushing, but they really they're really banking on Bosa and Mac to stop the run. But I mean, everyone's hailing the Chargers, the champions of the offseason. And yet with Justin Herbert, as good as he is, they've yet to make the playoffs. And don't give me the oh, well, they were close. Well, uh, close doesn't much count in the NFL. And the Falcons were close to winning a Super Bowl, too. Tell me how that turned out. But. But, I mean, it seems like they all have their strengths. They all have their weaknesses. And for the most part, they seem to be almost even. It's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. Now, I will say one more thing. Injuries. Injuries can uproot an entire season. You know, like you don't know when or where they're going to happen. But, you know, NFL, it's a war of attrition. Your best abilities are availability. And you can't place expectations on – these teams quite yet because because let me tell you something like if one of these quarterbacks goes down they're done and i know like injury seems minute but if you become like the ravens were last year you don't have a chance of making the playoffs especially in this newly minted probably the toughest division in the nfl probably yeah injuries are a factor and that's going to that's going to, and it's not something we can predict at all and it could bite any one of this any one of these teams and it's it's going to be a factor, but we can't really predict any of that. So, I mean, for all we know, all these teams could stay 100% healthy. It's unlikely, but it could happen. But look, this is – so I talked about the AFC East and also the AFC North as both divisions where we could realistically see any of these teams making the playoffs. For this division – I can see not only all of these teams making the playoffs, not all of them because that's mathematically impossible. Wait, oh, no, wait, no. There's an extra playoff spot. So technically there'd be one, and the three would have to be like the three best non-playoff teams. Right. 
Um, this is this is a division where I could realistically see every team and any one of these teams winning it, winning the division. I can see it. Now, there's some for some of these teams, it's it may be a little bit of a long shot, namely the Oakland Raiders, excuse me. Whoa. Uh, the Vegas Raiders. It's it's just muscle memory. Yeah, I hear you. Namely the Las Vegas Raiders as they did at, they did have a prized acquisition in Devontae Adams and another one in Chandler Jones. And they worked on that that secondary with Rocky Sin. However, this is a division this is a team that's still flawed. You still you still have a an offensive line that leaves a little bit to be de- to be desired. And your secondary still isn't that good. Like if Rocky Sin, I like Rocky Sin and he's going to get better, but if he's your best player in that secondary and possibly your only player in that secondary, then you're not going to go anywhere. And the secondary is extremely important when it comes to the NFL. Uh, now, looking at the rest of these teams, I think the Chiefs, as much as they've taken a big hit this offseason, I think they're going to be better than people think. They are. They're going to they're gonna be all right. Patrick Mahomes is a very good quarterback, and I think he's going to make Juju and, Mar- and Marcus Valdez-Scantling that much better. And... I think uh, I think they're going to be a much more balanced team that they ha- than they have in the past. Their offense isn't going to be as electric as it as it used to, but they use both of their first round picks on defense, which is huge. George Karloftis is going to be uh, big to add in with Frank Clark there, and to to use their first round pick on Trent McDuffie was big because their secondary blew, and. They lost TJ. It was TJ Ward, right? That's that's his. Uh, Chavarius tra- tra- Ward. TJ Ward. Travarius. There's a lot of. There's so many wards in the NFL. I, yeah. You you lose you, you miss tra- you lose track. But Trent McDuffie's a clear upgrade from there, and I do have I do have faith in him. I do wish my Patriots took him, and I'm I I know you did as well. Yes. Even though you wanted Devin Lloyd at the time, but now no, I would have been fine with either. But you know, we traded back because yeah. you know you know. Um, but this chiefs team is going to be a lot better than we think. And I could realistically see them winning the division as well. And this will be a team. This is a team that has more weapons on offense, maybe not as electric as Juju, but they have, they have more places to go. It's not just Tyree kill and, and Travis Kelsey, you know what I'm saying? And it'll be more of a little bit of a death, death by a thousand paper cuts type of offense. Um, moving on to the chargers. This is, this is actually a team that I have winning the division. And look, if you're blowing teams out, then the run defense won't matter that much because you can't play from behind by running the ball. No matter how bad that run defense may be, you can't win games by doing that. And they're just going to be blowing teams out. They may not win the super bowl because there's going to be a team that's going to be able to hang on, hang with them and keep it close, and then be able to run the ball. However, I just see the Chargers winning this division. They have the most talent. They have talent everywhere you look, except for the except for the run defense. But that's another that's that's another that's another spot to to worry about once you reach the playoffs. Then we get to the Broncos. This is another team that I could easily see making the playoffs and possibly making a run. They have Russell Wilson, who's a big time competitor, and this is a team that's been looking that is kind of been a quarterback away. They've been they've had talent everywhere. Yeah. Their offensive line is solid. Their defense has been building up over the years. 
that secondary I really like with Patrick Sertan the second. I really like that kid. And you have two very promising young weapons with Cortland Sutton, who's been playing well with poor quarterback play, and Jerry Judy, who's knocking on the door of becoming a star. So I really like that team. And we haven't even talked about Tim Patrick and KJ Hamler, who are also pretty solid wide receivers. They don't have a tight end anymore. In no, Fair. they have Albert Ogwugbanum, however you pronounce his name. Albert O, they call him. Right. They have. They do have him. I mean, he's always been be second seen. fiddle to Noah Fant. Remains to be seen whether he can do anything that, that Noah Fant did. Out. But the opportunity's there now, now that Noah Fant's a Seahawk. But this is a, this is a division that, I real th- this is this is going to be a fun division to watch, and any team that has the and I'm I'm forget I'm I don't have this I don't have the schedule in front of me. I'm not sure which division has to play the whole uh, AFC West, but this is going to be tough for them. This is going to be tough, and this this is this is uh, this is no doubt for me probably the best division in in football. Yeah, I I 100% agree, Adam. Certainly, I. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. What were you gonna say? No, no, no. Continue. No, I, I was just con- continue with what you were gonna say. All right. So as I was saying, like, like I said, this division it feels like the true anything can happen division. I mean, you never know. Even teams like the Raiders and the Broncos could surprise you all. But, the, but the issue that I have with the Chiefs and Adam, you know, you said it's like death by a thousand paper cuts. That's really not their style. So here's the question. Mahomes or no Mahomes, when you look at that receiver core, and you have to imagine Kelsey's going to be doubled almost every play, can they hang in a shootout with, say, the Chargers? I don't know why, but I I really don't think so. Because Tyree Kill, like I said, he was that guy. He kept the defense honest. He could take the top off the defense at a moment's notice. And like I said, and and you know, and when you're guarding him, Kelsey can really do his damage in the middle. But if he can't do that, then what? Because, I mean, what we're talking about teams that can hang with the Chargers, I think it's going to be a lot easier now to hang with the Chiefs. Because like I said, that death by a thousand paper cuts is not the type of offense they run. And I feel like this, all right, we have Juju and MVS. We're just going to have them do their thing. And I feel like it's going to be kind of like uh, fitting, trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. Like, like I said, I really think they're going to take a step back and – if it's like another Buffalo game, I'm not confident in their ability to hang with, you know, in a, in a shootout. Well, if they, if that's going to have to be the way they run their offense now, because they don't have a player like Tyree kill. And if they continue to try and play like they do have Tyree kill, then they're going to, they're going to, I agree with you there. They're going to get screwed over if they try to do that. I'm just trying to say, I think they're going to try and with the way they built this offense now over this off season, they're going to have to do that. And, you know, you have McCole Hardman to, to do jet sweeps and, and short passes to. And Juju Smith-Schuster is capable of that as well, as we saw in, during his days in, uh, in Pittsburgh. And Marquez Valdez-Scantling is going to have to be that guy who you go deep to to stretch the field. Now, he's obviously not Tyree Kill, but he's still fast. And he does have the capability to catch the deep ball, as we saw when he was working with Aaron Rodgers. And he's working with every bit of as an, as effective of a quarterback in Patrick Mahomes now. So I just I just think they're going to be a lot better than people think. And you mentioned that there's that they're going to be can they do that competing with a team like the Chargers? Offensively no. 
But defensively, I think they'll be able to slow down the Chargers enough so that they can make the plays at the end of the game to keep it close. Because I think that de- this defense is going to be a lot better, probably the best we've se- we will be seeing from the Chiefs during the Patrick Mahomes era, if we're going to call it that. Uh, I, I, I really don't know. I mean, I, I get it, but I feel like they don't want to make a change to their offense. I mean, maybe they will, but I, I personally don't think they will. If they don't, then it's then they're screwed. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll give you that much. Also, if they don't, they're of, screwed. Yeah, I was just going to say, I kind of feel like you're giving their defense a little too much credit. Yes, they use the first two picks on defense, but unless they can – unless, uh, you know, Karloffis uh, can come in and be like Miles Garrett right away, or maybe they found a Patrick Sertan in uh, in uh, the, the guy they drafted there from Washington, McDuffie. McDuffie, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'm still not a fan of their secondary. I mean, they got Justin Reed, but they lost the Honey Badger. They lost Traverius Ward. And furthermore, they're, they're just – Traverius I, Ward I, isn't that good, though. Yeah, but he was still better than their other guy whose name is whose name also escapes me. Like, their defense, like especially their backfield, is so forgettable. Yeah. I, I mean, they, they get blown by, like, almost every play, and – and let me tell you something. If that uh, McDuffie pick doesn't work, you you have set yourself back like a few seasons. Perhaps they've set themselves back. Well, they they are going to be. Well, I mean, you can say the same thing about any first round pick. Mm-hmm. When you have yeah, a first I mean, round I know, pick, but, you're investing a lot in that. Yeah, you can talk about Nikhil Harry as well. Yeah. Oh, don't get me started on him. And also, can I? So, I don't even think I don't think Carl Loftus really needs to be Miles Garrett. He just needs to be good enough so that it he generates some attention on from that offensive line and it frees up room for Frank Clark to blow through and maybe he can become uh have a season as a as a Miles Garrett like season as well. I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I just I don't know. The Frank Clark experiment really hasn't delivered on what it promised. And I mean, but back to that defensive backfield. The Chargers have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. That's going to be horrifying. The Raiders have Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, even Darren Waller, and Denver, like you said, Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. Not to mention the running backs of these teams are pretty darn good. The Chiefs' defense is going to have its handful, and I I just feel like how this defense is, plus on offense, a deplete, uh, I won't say depleted, but uh, not as potent receiver core, a lot of these games are going to be reduced, or depending on how you phrase it, reduced to shootouts. And I'm not sure Kansas City is the shoe-in to win a shootout anymore. I don't think that. I don't think they'll be. I just think that, like I said, this for this for those reasons, I don't think they're going to play like they're going to try to win shootouts anymore. I think they're going to play with a more balanced play style where they're they're good on offense, maybe not what they have been in the past but their defense is still able to keep them into games and they they're able to win. Look, look the days of defense, the days of defense winning championships are gone. That much I will say. However, the days of winning uh, it, people, people also misinterpret that as offense wins championships. Now it's not either it's, it's balance. And I'm not saying that this chiefs team is going to win it, win a championship. I'm just saying this is a formula for this team to be still pretty good. I mean, fair enough, but like, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't make me, don't get me wrong. I still think the Chiefs 
are going to finish at least top two in that division. But, but you know, I've been dealing with a lot of their fans, and they're saying stuff like, oh, yeah, we're still the team to beat in the AFC. No, you're not. No, you're not. Don't listen to the internet trolls of Instagram and Twitter. Come on. Oh, you mean like Patrick Mahomes' brother? Or his or or his wife. Or his wife. Yeah. It gets oh yikes. Yeah. Th- those two. Look, I'm sh- I, I do I do admire the and we can touch on that that real quick. I do admire the fact that uh his wife does come to his defense and I, I admire his her loyalty, but it it puts a target on the Chiefs' backs. It makes oh, people yeah. want like I, I have no issue with the Chiefs. I really don't. Personally, but, like, I really don't. I either. couldn't, but because of those two, I couldn't help but root against them in the AFC Championship against the the Bengals. And mm-hmm. part of that did have have to do with the fact that I was rooting for the Bengals because they just mm-hmm. became such a such a likable team. I know, to, I know, our our buddy Tuck, who is a Ravens fan, he loves the for Bengals for obviously re- for obvious reasons. But but you know, look, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, I have no reason to hate the Chiefs. I have none besides. Them. The fact that like they just bring it upon themselves. Yeah, I mean, I used to be somewhat sympathetic for Jackson Mahomes, like against the haters, but then he made the boneheaded decision of dancing on Sean Taylor's twenty-four, dude. That like, as soon as I saw that, I said, "Dude, that is not. That's like three different flavors of not okay." Yeah, and, and then and there was like, that whole. It, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but it's like whenever you bring up a valid point against him, he's like, oh, you're just a hater. I'm like, no, how about, uh, I don't know, personal responsibility. I mean, I know we're getting off topic, but like I feel like the vast majority of the hate they get is brought on themselves. They bring it on themselves. There was also that bar incident, remember when that and that bar just came, they came out on Instagram and they said, we survived our we survived a pandemic. We can survive your ego. (laughs) Yeah, I remember. uh his wife, Brittany, literally just poured champagne on like a freezing cold crowd in Arrowhead. Remember that? I remember. I think that uh, that part, I. Oh, yeah. And who decision. could forget? I, I think I, oh. I won't. I don't mm-hmm. I don't get on her too much for that. I, I just think she wasn't thinking about anything. She oh, just speaking, wasn't thinking and yeah, probably, and, probably had a few drinks. I, yeah, I, don't, and, I don't I don't have yeah, too much. I, I get it. I get it. But while we're on the subject of pouring things, remember the Ravens finally beat their boogeyman and the Chiefs. They finally, finally beat the Chiefs. And some Ravens fans were like, oh, hey there, there, Jackson. You were talking some crap before the game. What's up now? And he, like, pours water on them out of spite. Jesus. I'm just saying, um, like, most. I would say, like, a solid 95% of the hate they get, they bring on themselves. Yeah. Um, so we've we've been able to touch pretty thoroughly on 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 three of these teams, but we really haven't talked much about the Broncos. Where do you see this team? Uh, where do you see this team going? I genuinely don't know. It's weird to think about the Broncos as good again, but like you said, they were that team that was one quarterback away. Their defense is scary. They've got a lot of weapons on offense, so it's all on Russell Wilson. You know, if he doesn't play well, they don't make the playoffs. If he plays well, they they got a real shot at winning the division. And he will play well. I really do. I really do. I didn't think I think so as well. But I I don't know why. Like, I am so confused about this Broncos team. I mean, they they look good on paper. I've been hearing their camps have been promising. 
but it's just it's weird to think about. Personally, I would expect them to make the playoffs, but and, and if they catch fire at the right time, they could probably make a run. They probably I really do think they will. And they might have a slow start because this whole thing is just being thrown together with mm-hmm. a new quarterback. You know, it takes some time to figure things out and to, you know, really gel. But they they really will. I do believe they'll hit their stride later on in the season and they could make a deep playoff run. Past two seasons, we've seen a newly acquired quarterback win a Super Bowl. And wait, what? Oh my God, you're right with Stafford and Brady. Exactly, and you Mm. can, and to a lesser extent, the season before that, we can talk about uh, Jimmy Garoppolo in his first full season making the Super Bowl and having a twenty to ten lead. (laughs) But we that's that's neither here nor there. And then there, and and then Kyle Shanahan, you know, his choking gene came up again. Because, you know, he was the offensive coordinator when Atlanta choked. I don't forget these things. Yep, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, this is this is a great this is a great looking Broncos team. And we haven't even touched on the run game at all. Oh, yeah. Javante Williams is going to be a beast next season, man. He's going to be a beast. And oh, they yeah. still and they, they have depth at that position, too, with uh, I'm blank. I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Gordon. Wait, Melvin wait. They Gordon. still have Melvin Gordon. I they still have they Melvin Gordon. All right. Well, yeah. Well, then that's a scary running core, honestly. Exactly. Now he won't be what he was. Certainly not with the Chargers, but he's he's going to be a solid complement to Javante Williams, who's an who's an up and coming kid, really. And the rest of that team just looks great. Um, but anything else, we do want to move on to uh, Rob Gronkowski retiring, as we did fail to cover that topic in our last episode. We were we were more focused on our uh, player rankings and talking about, uh, I believe it was the edge ru- top edge rushers going into the 2022 season, which was a great episode by CJ and Tuck. But anything else you want to t- you want to touch, or are we going straight into Rob Gronkowski? You want to uh, pause. But, but yeah, let's just uh, let's get to that uh, topic there. <laughs> All right, cool. All right, so next we are going to top, talk about Rob Gronkowski, and we're going to t- touch on his legacy. Is he the greatest of all time? We'll get to that next. This is the Fumble Rooski Podcast. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Fans Only Sports Network. I'm Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros with you. And so, this past, I believe it was Tuesday, correct? Something was, like was that. Was it Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, one of those days? Rob Gronkowski, longtime Patriots tight end and recently with the Buccaneers, finally decided to hang it up for the second time, his second retirement at age 33. So there's always been a long, ongoing debate 
on whether or not Rob Gronkowski is the greatest of all time. Tony Gonzalez has been thrown out there. Even Jason Witten. Travis Kelsey has entered the conversation. Antonio Gates a little bit. Antonio Gates as well. And I've never really thought about this argument. And as a Patriots fan, everybody, there's, believe me, there's been plenty of buzz from Patriots fans talking like throughout Gronkowski's whole career saying, oh, we had the greatest tight end of all time. And I always just agreed because I'm just, I, I won't, I won't lie. I'm just a biased Patriots fan. And I'll just say, yeah, yeah, we have the best. We have the best, we have the best tight end of all time. And I never really dove into it because I was just, now nah, I'll just dismiss it. Yeah. He's the greatest of all time. But I, I kind of just wanted to actually get into this. Do you think Rob Gronkowski is the greatest tight end of all time? CJ, I know you have strong feelings about this, so I'll let you speak first. The floor is yours. Hmm. I can't definitively say anything, but I lean towards yes. And look, Pat's fan bias out of it. I do not mean this with any disrespect towards Tony Gonzalez, but I just – Prime Gronk was like the best all-around tight end at that position. His routes were better than Tony Gonzalez. His hands were better, and he could block infinitely better. And when I but everyone will say, "Oh, but look at Tony Gonzalez's stats." I'm like, "Hmm, yes. Numerically, they're the equivalent of empty calories." Cuz like what has he done? He's not a winner. Like what is like, "Oh, but the teams he was on, oh, give me a break." I, I like I said, this is like no disrespect to Tony Gonzalez. I mean, it sounds bad, but like he was a, still a phenomenal player. But like you can't just look at stats alone. Where's the hardware? You know, it was like, oh, but rings aren't everything. Mm, yeah, well, I mean, you know, Vince Lombardi would disagree. Yeah, exactly. And but I mean, look, and and I get it, but he was still phenomenal. I feel like, but there is a debate. I won't completely dismiss the possibility of Gonzalez being number one. But it, it's close. But personally, I lean a little towards Gronk. And also, someone says Travis Kelsey is going to be the GOAT one day. No, absolutely not. He's a bargain bin Gonzalez. His routes are awful. His hands are, eh, they're average. And good God, he can't block. If anything, George Kittle is closer to what Gronk was, right down to the injuries. I kid, of course. But I mean, but you got to look at it this way. I, I, I just, I, I still really honestly truly believe that uh Kittle is closer to what Gronk was especially when Kittle's healthy he is the best tight end in the league well you know like I said but when he's healthy that's something but but yeah I'm not going to shut out any other arguments but I will but I like I said Tony G you can make a case but I will not hear anything for Travis Kelsey I really won't all right. So the only the biggest argument that's used against Rob Gronkowski usually is well obviously injuries, but there's also his his statistics. And a lot of that again does have to do with injuries. And he's only he only has about looks like four seasons out of the 11 years that he's been in the league where he really went over 1000 yards. Now he had 90 92 touchdowns as well. But as you mentioned being an all-around tight end, like a true tight end, if we're looking at receiving statistics, he, they, we, might, we might as well basically just be talking about just the top receivers. And at that point, we can just talk about all the best receivers in the game. But mm -hmm. as you mentioned, Travis Kelsey, not a good blocker. Tony Gonzalez, can't block. So we're, these two guys are basically just 
they're basically just wide receivers. Yes. Who are are just big. And I will say, here's, here's the one thing that I will disagree with you on, which is, well, you know, Tony Gonzalez wasn't on very good teams. Okay, so because he, because he, he was leave. on not very good teams, it's tight end is and especially wide receiver. If you're not a quarterback, then that's not a position where you can just walk into walk onto a team and just make automatically make them better. Are you kidding me? Gronk literally did that for us from and like that 2015 season. And are you? We were literally one Rob Gronkowski away from having a bottom ten offense. So. And that has happened to us many times. Three seasons before Rob Gronkowski was drafted, where did the Patriots go? No. Hmm. Yeah, but our offense changed. Your point has no point. It's like, hmm, yes, well, we also had Randy Moss. Where were we? That point is such a red herring. Consider this. Where did they go in We literally had old man Brandon Lloyd, Julian Edelman, before he became good, and Dropsy West 2004. What? 2001, 2003, 2000. Yeah, but our defense wasn't as good as then, you know? Like in 2011, like against the Giants, our defense was terrible. My point is, like, there were literally times, arguably from 2013 through 2015, where we would literally have an, like, where we were our receiver core, you could literally make a case was bottom 10 if you subtracted Gronk. Look, this is, this. They had they had Tom Brady during that time. Okay. That's what that's that yeah. was the big that was the big difference maker, and you could see, that was also evident in 2016. Rob I mean, Gronkowski went saying, down. You could see and like when- they brought they had and Martellus Bennett stepped in. Martellus Bennett obviously not even close to what Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, he is, still like he was able to be serviceable like enough so that Tom Brady was able and to even work still, around I didn't even say 2016. Our receiving core was even decent then because we had like Edelman, Amendola, Hogan, and a really good rookie Malcolm Mitchell. Those aren't really that good receivers. Are you kidding me? That was like prime Edelman, though. He that yeah, was like one of his Edelman thousand yard seasons. Come on, that was literally one of his thousand yard seasons, man. And Amendola was ultra reliable. Just because they're not big names doesn't mean they weren't good. However, you could literally yeah, make a case, that, like I said, from 2013 through 2015. Good God, that was not it was not good outside of Gronk. I mean, I'm not saying it was bad, but like if Gronk didn't play, you were you we didn't expect to win. You had a quarterback who made those players even better than they were. That's what What's I'm saying. It was Tom Brady was the Tom Brady was the difference maker on those teams. And All right, and you and can tell Rob me that Gronk, as long as he was there, was not the number one. He he certainly was, but Rob Gronkowski, what Rob Gronkowski elev, elevated them over the hump. He didn't make them an elite team. Tom Brady made them a competitive team that was able to be in contention for Super Bowls. Robert Gronkowski just made them that much better. Look, and- well, I'll, I'll, I'm not taking anything from Brady, but I specifically remember 2015, our backup tight end was like Scott Chandler. We were relegated to playing like Amendola and like Keyshawn Martin or whatever his name was. And it was just painful to watch because as soon as Gronk went down in that Broncos game, our offense took a turn for the worst. That we then lost like- a lot of players though. Yeah, but but still, no, like Edelman Gronk, either. especially. We, yeah, we lost Edelman, but we lost him before Gronk, and Gronk still kept us going. But then when he went down, our offense grinded to a halt. Also, also, I'm pretty sure Gronk only missed one game. 
No, that injury looked that injury looked a lot better, a lot worse than it was. But Rob Gronkowski, I'm pretty sure, only all he had was a bone bruise. Hold on, hold on, he did come back. Bring bring up the 2015 season. I, oh, actually, I, I already have no, it on, no. on reference. Oh yeah, anyway, no, oh yeah, never mind. He, he did 15, start 15 games. 15 but games, but still, in the he was on a target. What was it called there? He's he was still on like a minutes count or a snap count or something like snap that. Snap count. He had 120 targets. Yeah, most of that was before he got that, hurt, though. That's the he third came back, and he was not the same. We rushed him back. Well, he he missed time towards the end of the season, and also he was a big he was a big factor during. Uh, during the playoffs. Well, yeah, oh, I, I'll admit, but I'm just saying, as long as he was there, he was our best receiver, and our offense was noticeably not as good without him, Brady well, they, or not. Come on, CJ. They were missing a lot of players on offense that year. That was an infamous year where the Patriots were looking unbelievably good. They started 10-0, and and then the injury bit them in the ass. Like, it Look, bit them I know. Hard. I'm not denying that. I'm literally just saying – that not even in that year, throughout his entire career, we looked very, very different and very, very not as good when he was not on the field. He was a huge difference maker. He could make something out of nothing. He was the safety blanket. I'm just saying the impact he had on the Pats was greater than Gonzalez on the, you know, on the, uh, on the, wherever he was, the Falcons, the Chiefs. That much we can agree on, but if you put if you put Tony Gonzalez on that on those Patriots teams as well, then they probably would, would have had the exact results. same impact as Gronk. He would not have been better. Change my mind. Not have been better, but he would have made a massive impact, and probably those Super Bowl, those Patriots teams probably would have still been Super Bowl contenders. All, that's all I'm trying to say. I agree with you. I agree with you on Tony Gonzalez. I'm just saying that um, you that. That is a that is a viable excuse to say that he didn't have very good teams because if you don't have good teams as a tight end, then you're not going to win games. Even if you're the the best of the best, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Put Rob Gronkowski on those Falcons teams. Do they do do things change then? Well, it's possible. I possible. See, well, I will lie to you. Saying they would change is not out of the question because in his prime, you could not stop him. He was unguardable. There was no one. I mean, you could at least guard Tony Gonzalez. There were certain players who could lock him up. No one locked. No one could ever lock up Gronk. Also, you mentioned George Kittle being the closest thing there is to being the closest thing there is to Rob Gronkowski, as at least in terms of play style. Yeah, in terms of play George style. Kittle in his rookie season, unbelievable. Did they win? Did they win squat? So, like, literally, what's your point? There you go. No, I'm just, no, like, what's your point? If, if just saying, if you're a tight end, if you're any position other than quarterback, it's very hard to just straight up change things like that. It's extremely hard. And right, I, so? I do, and I do give Gonzalez a little bit of sympathy when he was playing on those poor teams. Now, would he? Yeah, make the I know, same- but it's like, but it's the argument is a crutch for the Gonzalez lovers. It really is it's like, oh, but but how many players can you say that for? They just didn't have a good team. Like, I'm sorry, I'm tired you can of say hearing that for it. a lot of players. That's you can say, argument. yeah, exactly. You can say that for so many. I think we're agreeing on a lot more than you think. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's just we're just, I'm just, I'm we're sorry, just going like, at, at each other's I'm tired of about- that argument. Because no one says that argument in favor of Gonzalez. They just don't want Gronk to be there because they hate the Patriots. 
it's a fa- it's a it's it's a solid argument. It's a solid argument, but you can't use that to say, well, t- Rob Gronkowski, he's better than Rob Gronkowski. You just you just can't. Exactly. Because- that, that, that's honestly my point. It's like, well, he's better because he had a worse quarterback. So, well, Darren Waller has has hasn't had the best quarterback play either. Not mm-hmm. to say Derek Carr isn't a bad quarterback, but it's it's nowhere near Tom Brady uh, Tom Brady level or also, Patrick Kittle- Mahomes level with ty- okay. with. Uh, Mr. Travis Kelsey over there. Yeah, and uh, Kittle has to deal with, uh, you know, the glass bones of Jimmy Garoppolo there. So it's not like he's exactly thriving. But, well, I get it. I get it. I'm sorry for yelling, but, like, God, I just – I hate that argument. Because do you know how many players that argument works with? A lot more than you think. I feel so bad for Jimmy though, because I think he's better than what people are giving him credit for. That's that's neither here nor there. We're talking about Rob Gronkowski, but 261 career catches, 9,286 yards, 92 touchdowns. I want to go into this little article. I just because th- there there was this article by uh, by NBC Sports Boston just listed, they, and they were kind enough to list all these all these stat records that. Rob Gronkowski has so single game records, youngest player with three or more touchdown receptions in a game. And uh, that was in 2010, his rookie mm-hmm. season, 21. Uh, he was 21 years old, 180 days, single season records, most touchdown receptions by a tight end with 17 in 2011. First tight end to lead the league in receiving touchdowns in 2011 as well. So 2011 was a big mm-hmm. year for him. Unfortunately, he got hurt right before their, the Patriots Super Bowl run, perhaps things would have been different in 2011. But that's, again, neither here nor there. No, nah, but and our thank defense God, wouldn't have done th- anything. And thank God Jay Hill's not with us because he would argue against us. Well, no, storm's that. coming, he would say. The but storm. Okay. The we storm. All right. Rob Gronkowski's career records. Most offensive touchdowns in first two seasons. 28, which is tied with Randy Moss. And Randy Moss was a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And... That must have been a season that was, and I, I don't have the st- the exact stats in front of me uh, from Rob Gronkowski, but I'm sure that was paired up with the 2011 season where he had 17. Most 100-yard games by a tight end with 32. Most career touchdowns per game average among tight ends with .69. Oh, boy. <laughs> nice. He would oh love boy. that. Rob he Gronkowski would love, would love that. I'm sure he has to know about that statistic. I would imagine. <laughs> um, most seasons with 10 or more touchdowns by a tight end, uh, and that is 2010 to 2012. Yeah. And then 2014 through 2015. Yeah, I have the stats in front of me too. And most career receiving yards per game among tight ends, 68.3. Ooh, this close to greatness, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. First tight end to have three seasons with 10 or more touchdowns. And 1,000 or more receiving yards. Some of these are really just really cherry picked stats, but they're still incredible. Yeah. Um, I just hate when things get too analytical. Like, oh, yeah, I know. 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns. Okay, cool. But either as individual records are good too. Yeah, honestly, dude, I, I, I'll, I'll fully admit these cherry picked stats are getting weird. It's like this guy played on a broken knee in a full moon during the month of January. Yeah, that, those that it's so cherry picked. Consecutive seasons with ten or more touchdowns by a tight end. Now that is a useful stat. Twenty ten yeah. through twenty twelve, ten or more touchdowns by a tight end. And for a a player whose body is made of chandelier glass. Oh yeah, pretty good. Mm-hmm. 
Rob Gronkowski playoff records. Now go, let's go into this. Most receptions oh. by a tight end in Super Bowl history, 23. And that, on, that has more good. to do with the fact that he's played in that many touch, that many uh, Super Bowls. I'm not sure how, how many. He played in 2011, 20, yeah. 2014. 26. Did not play in 2016. Oh, so no, 2017. 18. 2018. And 19. And 19. So that's five Super Bowls. It's very rare that a tight end plays in five Super Bowls. Yeah. And uh, – so where were we? And so most, yeah. So most receiving yards by a tight end in Super Bowl history with 297. Nice. Again, that's not that good because he played in five of them. He played in five Super Bowls for just under 300 yards. That's not that good. That's still good though. Yeah, it's, it's all right. All right. Most career postseason receiving touchdowns by a tight end. All right, now that's with something. 15. That's pretty. That's pretty good. Receiving top 15 in f- in five games. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's inc- yeah. that is that is a really good stat. Mm-hmm. Most career postseason receiving touchdowns between a quarterback and receiver. 15 with if you can guess who it is. All right. Only- I'm gonna say, oh, this is hard. Could it be Tom Brady? Ooh, close. No, that it's Tom Brady. Oh, First God. tight end with a thousand or more. Career postseason receiving yards. So I'm not how many. I'm not sure how many he's played, but he's played in. But when you have Tom Brady as quarterback, getting you to the playoffs every year, it's going to rack up. But most career postseason receiving yards by a tight end, one uh, with eleven. Wait a second. Yeah, yeah. So eleven with eleven, eleven hundred sixty-three. Youngest player with three touchdown receptions in a game. Within the po- in the postseason, obviously, mm-hmm. twenty two years, two hundred seventy five days. So he was obviously. We can come to the conclusion that he was great as a young player. Uh, now it gets into page. Now it gets into Patriot records. Most touchdown receptions, seventy nine. So look, Patriot records aren't that great. Just because, bes- besides this twenty year dynasty they had, Patriots really weren't that good. Yeah, fact, I mean, they, they, they were kind of like terrible made, for some time. Yeah, 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 they were. They made like two Super Bowls before the dynasty. They didn't win any of them. I mean, you do have like occasional good players, like, you know, like John Hanna, Stanley Morgan, Andre Tippett, among others, Mike Haynes. Yep. But yeah, I um, totally get what you're saying. Most games with multiple touchdowns with 16. I mean, these are these are just not that good records. I might not even read the rest of these. Most games with 100 or more receiving yards by a tight end, 26. Hmm. I'm sure, like I'm sure, Travis Kelsey has has more, and I'm sure Tony Gonzalez has more as well. Wait, also, if you you, I just thought of if uh, if people want to use the he had Tom Brady argument to diminish Rob Gronkowski, uh, you could literally do the same with Travis Kelsey. He had Mahomes and Alex Smith, and now look, I know Alex Smith is kind of a joke now, but like on his days with the Chiefs, he was pretty. He was a top ten guy. Mm, yeah, I don't know about top ten. Yeah, I do. He was a kind of middle of the pack type of. He he's he's a he's kind of a like a dare I say Jimmy Garoppolo. Hmm. Uh, like he's he's serviceable and and by the way he's also more he's also been healthier until he nearly lost his leg in that brutal in that uh, brutal injury for the for the uh, then Redskins. Um, I'm glad he's okay though, and even look, that he was okay, able look, to come back. Dude, but I, look, I'll admit it. I'll admit. It. I mean, like, look, his passing numbers, you know, really aren't the best. 
but but still, I mean, Kelsey was still getting most of the target share, and even still, he's literally had Mahomes. Certainly. Can I just read through the rest of these statistics? And yeah. it, we're almost done. Um, so again, to finish off Patriots records, and it, it has been brief, thank God, because some of these records are just stupid records. Honestly. Highest receiving yards per game average for a tight end with 82.9 in guess guess which guess which year, 2011. <laughs> uh, let's get into the accolades now. So a few a few accomplishments for him. So four-time Super Bowl champion is the easy one. NFL Comeback Player of the Year in 2014. So he tore his ACL and MCL in 2013. He came back. He had a great year. Four-time first-team All-Pro, which is great. I believe, Especially I believe Gonzalez had, he had to face. I believe Gonzalez had six, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, that's all well and good. But what tight end was he really going up against? Yep, six-time All-Pro, 14-time Pro Bowler. So he was a Pro Bowl almost every year. Yeah, but like um, I said, which other times was he going up against? The competition yeah. at the time wasn't really that good, especially First, among tight ends. Uh, five-time Pro Bowler. So I believe most seasons where he made the Pro Bowl, he was an All-Pro. Um, That's how and, it works usually. Yeah. And then NFL's 2010s All-Decade team. So he's been dubbed the best tight end in the 2010s. Not not too much of a surprise there. Travis Kelsey really gives not. some competition, but that's about it. Uh, NFL's NFL 100th anniversary all time team. So the so whoever put the put that together believes that that Rob Gronkowski greatest tight end of all time. So we were really just in this in this segment we've been able to break down uh, break down really why we believe that Rob Gronkowski is the greatest of all time. I did some research before this ep episode to formulate the argument. Cause as I said, I never really dove into it. I never really cared too much for it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's probably the best of all time, but I never really looked into it. I always looked into the Tom Brady is the greatest of all time, which I will die on that Hill. And if you try to debate me, I will die on that Hill. I would love to debate with you, but I will die on that Hill. Dom Tom Brady, greatest of all time, not even a discussion. I'll yeah, have a discussion, but it won't be a viable discussion. <laughs> uh, yes. And if you guys would like to come onto the show to argue with me, I am more than willing to do it. I love a good debate. Um, but yeah, anything else about this before we uh, before we conclude the show tonight? Uh, no, no, not at all. That'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. Be sure to tune in to us live Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7.30 on Twitter and Facebook through Fans Only Sports Network. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we will see you next week. Over and out.